Welcome to another episode of Temperature Check with your co-host, me, Kelsey Sparks. We have Mark Walker, hello, hello. Miles Ward, what up? And our special guest today, Will Baggett. What's happening? Um, so, of course, we're at the Wine Therapist as usual. All of us have our glasses of wine. Miles, what are we drinking today? <laughs> Today we are drinking Tipanino. Tipanino is a red wine. It's it's pretty full. You don't really have to um, really eat anything with it. Like you can eat like real simple stuff like cheese, you know, crackers and stuff like that. So you don't have to drink like you know some wines you got to drink with like actual food. But this one is pretty chill. You can probably drink it by yourself like after work or some some wine down. Get some Tipanino. Tipanino. The name Tipanino means temp- tempo, so it's uh, pretty good. That kind of works a little yeah. bit. Tempo, mm-hmm. tempo, tempo check. <laughs> temperature check. Ah, I see <laughs> but, uh, what you guys are saying. But yeah, it's a, it's a um, wine made from like south of Madrid. And so if you guys want to get a bottle, it's thirteen ninety nine retail. And if you buy a whole box, they're all eight ninety nine a piece. So mm. get them a pack. Get a whole pack of these oh, things. Cases. This is my favorite one so far. You think so? It's really? Yeah. You I like, like it? it a lot, so. What do yeah. you think about it, Will? Oh, it's really good, man. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, the smooth guy seems very smooth. <laughs> it's very smooth. Yeah, it's, it's real smooth, smooth, real, real, you know, real easy. Can wind down with it. But uh, how was you guys' weekend? Y'all have a good weekend? Mine was actually pretty cool, pretty relaxing. You know, still. Uh, <laughs> I almost died. I seen that. Listen, I, I didn't know whether to kind of stop what I was saying and get ready to give you the Heimlich. <laughs> and it's okay. I, I know CPR for okay. myself. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see. But no, I kind of relaxed this weekend. I didn't really do anything too crazy. Um, you know, obviously, we do the. The, the barbecue thing over the weekend, which is always fun, exciting. And, uh, you know, other than that, though, it's pretty much a lot of football, a lot of sports. Great college football games on. I think we're going to dive into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But some great uh, some great college football, uh, as well as some uh, some pretty entertaining NFL games. I'm an Eagles fan. Um, Kelsey is, uh, you know, making that sports fan, that sports face, uh, her famous sports face. Well, you're an Eagles fan? I'm an Eagles fan. What? <laughs> I like this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I like this guy. As a Patriots fan, I always like to reminisce on what, what year was it? 2007 Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Donovan McNabb threw the interception, pick six to Rodney Harrison. Yeah, Just man. Just back a couple memories. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to dwell in the past, uh, nor do I like to look in the rear view. But if you do dwell forward. in the future, <laughs> if you dwell in the present, the defending Super Bowl champions... The yeah, and they're gonna win saying. again this year, right? <laughs> no, I don't know if they're gonna win this year. They look. I mean, Cowboys. You no, know, nah, it's it's not it's not that. It's more so injuries. We just lost Dante Hightower for the year. Yo, everyone loses people this time but, of year, but not Dante Hightower though. The Eagles just lost their second best player on the team, but we just lost the best linebacker in the game. The second, well, I would say he's probably top five left left tackle. Peters, I would say he's probably a top five. But that can be replaced. You can't really. Uh-huh. That's arguable. That's not, I don't want to dive into it too, too much. I don't want to dive into it too much. Um, Halloween. Yeah. Did you guys dress up? I did not dress up. I carved a pumpkin. Okay. That's uh, very romantic. Wasn't it? <laughs> Was it romantic? Uh, I don't know. Was it? Um, no. Right. So you just sat in your house by yourself. And just <laughs> okay, there were other people there. Okay. Um, and it wasn't at my house, but I did carve a pumpkin gotcha. and make those little Halloween cookies yeah. that you don't make. You just get them out of like the grocery store and you put them in the oven. Oh right. Yeah. Was it like shapes of different things? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you didn't bring us any though. I don't see. <laughs> they were <laughs> overcooked. So. Overcooked. Those are ones you get on, <laughs> discount, on discount the day after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
grown man gifts. No, she oh, was probably taking my. too long to carve her pumpkin or something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure awesome. she got too occupied. We're, we're caught up in conversation. That's what it was. Just one. What is the alcohol percentage on this wine? Miles is a good guy. 100. It was my birthday, man. I turned uh, 28 this year. Really? Wow. Happy birthday, Will. Oh, that's no good. It's all good. I hear I hear bad things about Scorpios. But um, Miles, Miles, Miles was actually dressed as dressed for Halloween. Really? What'd you dress as? I was like a um a little smooth Steve Urkel, which is oxymoron. So right, I was about to say. Were you No, he wasn't. But but he was he was a fly. I don't think he. Do you know Stephon? Do is that? Yeah, he like the dude that come out the. Yeah. What? Like, like, like Buddy Love. Yeah, right. Yeah, Buddy Love. Buddy Love. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think. See, to see, you see, when you make these type of references, you got um, to know. Because I'm looking at Kelsey right now. Kelsey, do you know who Stefan is? From the show. But he. 2.0 Steve Hartles. No, no, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say that. Do you know who Stefan is? I don't know. I watched the show when I was younger. I'm glad, I, I was like, like two. Is. Culture. What do you, you dog? <laughs> Alright, so listen though. Stefan was so Urkel got in a cool machine, and once he got in this cool machine, he, he actually became Stefan Arkell, right? Stefan Arkell, and and uh, super smooth dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, no, that wasn't what Miles was. Miles was Miles was <laughs> <laughs> Miles was not Miles, super smooth. Miles was oh, no, but no, but he was Urkel. He was like he was a nerd, but to me, he looked like a cool version of what a nerd was. Do we have pictures You're of this? Right. right. No. Wow. Right. It never happened then. Right. Right? <laughs> so I can wear that fit again. Right. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> get no slack for it. Hey, if you didn't take pictures, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Basically. <laughs> basically. Let's kind of dive into um, some of the, did you guys see any super interesting Halloween costumes probably from your favorite celebrities or just period? Like, I, I've seen some pretty dope ones out there. The, the NBA, the NBA, you know, LeBron, they had their costume party. He was, oh, yeah. uh, what's, what's his name? Um, his Pennywise. Pennywise from It. Right. His costume was cool. They killed yeah. it. And their, and their yeah. costume party was pretty cool too. Josh I didn't Smith know was, uh, like what, Pinhead, right? And uh, Kevin Love and his wife were uh, what's uh, from NWO? The what's the white? We do with the white face? Was it? Well, all of them had white faces. No, not Steve. No, not Steve. Kevin. Was it? Uh, Kev, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. That's that's his name. Yeah. So their costume party was pretty dope. Isaiah Thomas was Easy E. Shani Fry was. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it was, but it was funny. So. So yeah, I need to know what LeBron's uh, costume budget was because that was like uh, two on point. Right? Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw him dancing. Right. Yeah. It's really the good. Dance is pretty funny. Like so <laughs> right, you saw that he yeah. had a couple of drinks or a couple of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely caught something. He's a huge mm-hmm. wine, man. So he is a huge wine. The, the whole, the whole, the whole group is. The whole group is like. Hey, Bron, Bron, if you uh, if you want ever when you come to Dallas uh, this month. Come through the uh, wine therapist and we'll, we'll hook you up, dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know you and all your boys probably listening. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure so, LeBron has his podcast on heavy rotation. Oh yeah, man. So uh, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, LeBron got it. <laughs> Down on the ones and twos. Will, Will might know LeBron. Will, Will knows a couple, Will knows a couple <laughs> people. I'm not really a Cavs fan. Oh, I, I, I bet wow. you probably still know him though. Are you a Cam Newton fan? No Warriors. Are you allowed to say that? Are you a Cam Newton fan? <laughs> okay, okay. Are you a Cam Newton fan? Yeah, I mean, I pull for him. All right, cool. Because I was about to say, you, you got a couple pictures with Cam on Instagram, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to live in Atlanta, so I right. moved out here about two months ago. He had a he has an annual camp he does for the local students. Right. right. And it's a, it's a good experience, man. Just volunteered out there, passing out water, whatever awesome. needs to be done, man. Will has a dope story. We're definitely going to dive into a little bit of his story later on. But, um, no, that's, that's great, man. That's great. I want you to talk about a lot about that and also a couple of other things. Um, 
There was also, uh, were there any other Halloween costumes that you guys want to acknowledge? Or? Russell Westbrook. This wasn't oh, yeah. Halloween, though, but this was a couple weeks ago when him and Nick Collison dressed up as uh, as uh, Billy Hoyle and uh, I forgot the other dude's name. For White Man Can't Jump. White Man it, Can't it was, Jump. Uh, what, what's his name? Sydney? Was it Sydney? Sydney. Sydney. Right. Sydney, uh, Sydney Dean. Right. When that costume that was a dope costume. Was crazy. It was cool. Like, I, I love that. that. I think that wins. A lot of other people try to duplicate it, but I don't think they could necessarily pull it. Well, first of all, he plays basketball. Yeah. And he has that, he definitely got that Sydney type of swag to him, so, so I don't think a lot of other people could kind of pull that off. What about Steph Curry, though? Oh, Steph Curry had a dope one. Yeah. What yeah, was he? He was, oh, he, was, yeah. he, was, he was Jigsaw. He, he had the bike and everything, oh, Yeah, wow. he was super hmm. creepy. Yeah, I thought he was last night, too. Yeah, you know what? I don't know who won. So if you had to compare his costume with LeBron's, who had the... They were both pretty I dope. Think, I think maybe, maybe Steph, because of the bike. They both, listen... They both, they both kind of went all in but, with it though. Yeah, like they Steph both had the bike, I think, which which kind of made it. Oh, it was dope. Over the top. It was dope. And, uh, yeah. But LeBron's costume was man. <laughs> I like both of them. I think both it's, of them. It's hard to say because LeBron. I don't know, man. That's I tough. think LeBron because I feel like LeBron's the. It was more intricate. Right. Like they like Steph's is good, but. He has a suit and everything too. But yeah, LeBron. but it looks like he just has a mask what, on. What about, what about our girl uh, Cardi as uh, Cruella Deville? Did you guys see that? that? She did. Uh, she did dope. pretty good. No, First but you all, know, someone named Adrian Bailon dressed up yeah. as Cardi, and she did a good job. I like yo. So first of all, uh, Cardi B, she uh, she she put it as um, Bruella Deville. You know, she likes to re- replace her. If she's with bees. I just want to point that out from a conversation last week. Uh, <laughs> Bruella Deville, but um, but no, I, th- I thought it was dope. I thought she did a great job with it. First, it was it was super modern. I loved mm-hmm. it. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. And uh, Kim K was a leader. I thought. See, I thought she did a good job, but people said that it was. She was cultural. All right, let's talk about. Let's talk about this. I'm glad we kind of went into this. So let's talk about this, right? But so, she she did a good job. She like nailed that look. What do you guys think about? And she that, didn't though? do blackface. I don't. Right. I, and I, honestly, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was more so a plug for her makeup line. Uh, it wasn't blackface, mm-hmm. but it was definitely, you know, definitely kind of brought out some of the da- darkish tones mm-hmm. of her own. Complexion. Speaking of makeup lines, go buy Fenty. Why are you promoting that? <laughs> right. Congrats, Rihanna. Support, Seventy-two support, million dollars. Support black business. I hear support you. all businesses. <laughs> right. All businesses matter. Edit that out. All businesses matter. Edit that out. No, but, but I'm no, Uncle so, Tommy. But but um, congrats to Rihanna. Seventy-two million first month. I think it was ridiculous mm-hmm. I think she, she can't like sell out she said they got like two years worth of and of then, obviously there's right, a reason exactly, why right exactly yeah whereas like Kylie and like the Kardashians they, they put up they put like a very small amount of stock and they're like oh we sold out so yeah. quick but like there was nothing in stock speaking of all businesses uh, the Kardashians actually just signed a 150 million dollar TV deal as well so that, that family's that gonna to keep the, uh, keep the, the show right okay. keep the show rolling so that's a wow. ton of money wow. listen women, women gotta said, go you said 150 150 million. Oh, so that's basically divided into. I don't care how how much you. I don't care how much you divide it into. Listen, 150 million divided by whatever is still a lot of money. <laughs> hey, you think you think Kanye had anything to do with that? Uh, oh, like, I think obviously like, everything. You think Kanye had a had a um like a a, a big say, not a say, but an influence on that because people want to see more Kanye. I think or? it's everything involved in the show. Like you know, the show is it, it encompasses their life, mm-hmm. and if you want to see. Travis Scott on her oh, if it's for thirty also, seconds. Kylie's also pregnant too. Right. And and uh, and Courtney yeah. and Kim and like everyone. Not, well, no, Kim's not pregnant, Kim but not she's pregnant. having a right. whatever. Yeah, Chloe's pregnant. Chloe's pregnant by Tristan Thompson. They're all having Get babies out. at the same time, yeah. conveniently. <laughs> having, babies, having babies is pretty cool. It popping. I was, but listen though. So let's go back to cultural appropriation, right? Mm-hmm. 
was did you feel any type of way about the whole Aaliyah thing or no I think that Kim just the argument argument was invalid in my opinion Mm. people were saying that she's a culture vulture and so Mm. they don't want her to dress up as someone who's black but she didn't do anything her costume in itself was not cultural appropriation right I thought it was a dope uh, I thought it was a dope um, right and I thought it was actually paying like paying homage to someone else that was dope I don't look at it as anything I think sometimes and like we spoke about last week quote unquote fake outrage or mm-hmm. false outrage I just think that sometimes when someone does get uh, labeled as someone who, who takes from another culture you kind of keep throwing that label on them mm-hmm. I don't think that this was that this was that type of situation at all you know I, mean? I, I actually thought it was a was a dope uh, costume and uh, you know if you don't like her stop looking at her so much yeah, yeah it's just the people who don't like too. her she mm-hmm. got 150 million dollars for a reason mm-hmm. because regardless she's such a polarizing figure if you like her if you if you dislike her you're going to tune in to watch her anyway mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's the same reason Floyd Mayweather gets his money it's the same reason a lot of powerful people get their money I mean stop watching them if you don't, if you don't really. Rudy Gobert had a pretty cool costume too what was it he was like Spartan you know, I like. No, it was like Egyptian. I, I like Tristan Thompson costume. Was he, he was the uh, I don't know the dude's name, but um, Khaleesi's husband oh, with the yeah, long yeah, beard yeah. and from, right. Oh yeah. From, yeah. And, uh, I think it was D Wade and uh, Gabriel Union. It was Nelly Vanelli. Nelly Vanelli. I always pronounce that name incorrectly. Not that they matter. Not that they matter. But yeah, I always pronounce the name incorrectly. But I mean, so is that like a thing though? Like I guess cultural appropriation I mean I, I'm tired of even saying the word I have I think I might have some twisted views on it because so do it doesn't line up with what the internet says because on the internet people will call it anything like someone made this Twitter thread about um, like how kids shouldn't dress up as Moana for mm-hmm. Halloween why is that because she's like I don't know Hawaiian or whatever from mm-hmm. some island and the kids aren't from that island so they shouldn't dress up as this. I don't understand that. And cuz it'd be cultural appropriation is what is what the argument was. See, and, and I think that's just taking it too far cuz right. unless someone's like blatantly disrespecting the culture right. maybe right. then we could call it cultural appropriation but I mean if they're not I just don't see a problem with it. So there was a police officer who actually got, uh, I want to say he was actually relieved of his duty for dressing up as Colin Kaepernick. With and blackface. Fun of that whole, he didn't have blackface. Really? Well, okay, he had, had no, he had a nose. Because, because the one Colin, that had the nose on, right? Right, he had the nose okay. on, and it said, I will stand for food. He had a sign on this. It's ignorant. Now, see, the problem is, is, number one, you're a police officer. And, you know, if you know the whole reason why he's kneeling in the first place, it's against that. You know, it's against police brutality against African-Americans. So, to me, I thought that that was very inappropriate, especially as a figure in the position that you're in. You shouldn't be doing things like that. You know what I mean? Now, if that was a regular person walking on the street, you know, it's definitely irresponsible and inappropriate. But do as you will. But if you hold a position at that, you know, rank level, you have to be held at, uh, you know, to me, in my opinion, different standards than a lot of other people so I definitely didn't think that that was cool at all but um yeah I, I see to me it, there's a thin line uh, because I see a lot of people doing things that they see from different cultures and a lot of times it's bigging up that culture to me it becomes a problem like, like you said Kelsey if you're doing something in a negative way it's a problem or if you're making fun of that making fun of that culture in a way that it's offensive to that culture then it may be a problem but if you're doing it in a way and you're saying listen this is what they come from these people are cool right here and I want to kind of pay how much of that I think it's fine I don't see a problem with it so like uh, people don't like when Kylie Jenner wears uh, cornrows right and they say that that's cultural appropriation <laughs> right she's wearing cornrows what do you for think, goodness what do you sake what think about that Miles? I just think people be taking stuff too far. Right. <laughs> well, 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 you know, you had, you had the same, you had the same position on it. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree, man. I think we're we get a little hypersensitive right. to things. And right. I think some people everybody wants to have an opinion. Right. Everybody has one. But right. it's in some cases I think we just let things just be what they are. Absolutely. Especially I, I, value. I totally agree. Now if she said that she made up corn rolls and she wanted to bring a style to the world that this was, you know, something mm-hmm. that she I was have like, Yeah, that's a little too far, Kyle, right. you need to slow down. Right. But she didn't do that though. But the issue I kinda have with it, it there was a lot of different magazines that were like giving her a lot of different credit for it. But then there are jobs out there that would fire African American females and males for having that same hairstyle. Now, would, but would you blame that on Kylie? No, you I'm, can't. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, no, so, so right. that's not Kylie's fault. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm saying like she gets. We get. I'm not. We as African Americans mm-hmm. get slack for that stuff, but she right. gets praised for it. Right, and, but see. it's not her fault. And some people oh, yes, don't. Yes, you see that, but a lot of people don't. And so they're like mad at her. They're like, oh, she's like taking cornrows and whatever, right. and she thinks she's black. Now, there's another situation in the NBA that happened, I want to say about a month ago. Jeremy Lin, an Asian uh, Asian oh, American yeah. basketball player, decided to wear dreads, right? So he decided mm-hmm. to wear dreads. And Kenya Martin, who's another, who's a former basketball player, I'm not sure if he's still in the league anymore. Yeah. He's, in the, so. he's in the uh, big three. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey is looking. Kelsey is looking. I was like, all right. Shout out to So, Kenya Martin is another former basketball player, and basically, what he said is he got he basically called out Jeremy Lin and was like, all right, bro, we get it. You want to be black so bad, right? I think I saw that. Now, Jeremy Lin took the very, very, very high road. I did see that. Right, and Jeremy Lin was basically saying, you know, first of all, he told his fans, don't please don't you know say anything bad or, or hateful towards Kenya Martin, but. He basically said, you know, I love the culture. It wasn't doing anything disrespectful to it. I don't say anything to you when you have, you know, those Asian characters on your arm or anything like that. Which, okay. Right. Okay. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's Jeremy. Yeah. I was like, all right, Jeremy. Yeah, the way I see it, I mean, imitation is flattery. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what I say. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I say. It's like, listen, they love the culture. Right. I've always said this. They love the culture. I believe that one of the, the biggest problems is that uh, older traditional Americans don't necessarily like the culture but the younger uh um, they love the culture mm-hmm. and i think that kind of rubs people the wrong way you know what i mean but um no yeah jeremy lynn took the super high road and unfortunately uh three weeks later he was injured and out for the season but yeah <laughs> you know for the season but um yeah that's pretty much all i gotta say about that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there was also uh an event. Uh, Hold on, that's that's really a humbling experience for Kmart. <laughs> no, super humbling. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. Because Kmart, he like, oh shoot, I, gotta, I had to look at his tattoos. I do got some taste. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Kmart thought that it was gonna be a bunch of people behind him, and they kind of looked at him <laughs> like, no, nah, mess with dog, you, right? <laughs> like, nah. And then nah. Jeremy Lin just came back real quick, like, uh, have a seat, bro. And I, but he wasn't. He he kind of slighted him, but like super smooth no, and super polite. Exactly. Like, that's why Jeremy, like, Jeremy Lin is Jeremy Lin is a Harvard student, graduated from Harvard. Uh, you know, this is a very intelligent dude. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's uh, he he definitely bought out in the Ivy League, and, and he and he took the he took the opportunities that were given to him and made the best of them. You know, he he's pretty much I would say probably the the uh, one of the more famous people in the NBA. Not I wouldn't say it's 100 percent because of talent. Not really anymore. I, well, I wouldn't even say 100 percent because of talent. Stretch. But I think that because he's an Asian American player, I think a lot of that community got behind him, uh, and, and that's, I think he's still considered one of the more popular players. No, I just think it was just that little stretch. He was the Knicks when he first had. Like I think that, I think if we, were, if we were to, if we were to go to Asia, if, we were, if we were to pick a, if we were to pick a player, I'm not even saying because of talent. That's why I say it wasn't necessarily because of talent. But if we were to pick a section in Asia to go to, fans get votes. And we were to, if we were to pick a section <laughs> in Asia to go to, 
I guarantee you, they may not know who J.R. Smith is. Oh, they, they know definitely who J- know. because no, J- J- no, they know who J.R. Smith is. Who do you think they know more in Asia, though? J.R. Because J.R. is on the winning team. He plays with LeBron. I don't LeBron. know. If there's, if there's like a famous Asian basketball player, then I think they would, they'd know him that's more only, and respect no, him more. I promise you. No, in Asia. No. Well, because they're like, cool you know, argument. one of our... Because he's not from there, though. He's not from there. He's born in America. He's not from there. Yeah, but still, you see the representation. Yao Ming... That's Who's true. From there. That's very true. true. Very and true. so when very you have true. someone that's you know born in America, you have LeBron James. They're not looking at Jeremy Lin. They don't know who Jeremy Lin is. I think that they would care. No, no. Will Will thinks they would care because I'm not because they don't but care. Listen, but listen, no. But when you see that representation, you're gonna kind of cheer for it. Like there's like so, some someone said it like but some award a, show. But listen, real quick, she was like, I'm cheering for anyone who's black. Yeah. Like I'm rooting for anyone who's black, and I'm sure every culture, honestly, yes. in some way, feels the same way. That was a dope statement for her to make, though. Who, like, that? That who was, was it? Right. Oh, oh right. yeah. yeah. The answer was like, who are you cheering for? And she said, um, anybody black? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. But, but I, I, still, I still don't feel like Jeremy Lin is, like, real popping over there in Asia because he doesn't go over there in the summer. You know what? The only, way we could, the only way we could prove this argument is if we actually take a Let's trip. Let's take a poll. Yeah. Right. Or we just take a trip. Let's <laughs> just go right to the source. Yeah. Uh, Let's do a podcast <laughs> straight there. And yeah. <laughs> Coming do a, do a live from conversation. Asia. We just going to need some wine on the, on the, right. on the flight. Right. But, but, uh, but you know, Jeremy Lin's not over there in the summer because, you know, you have Steph Curry goes over there in the summer, LeBron goes over there, KD. We honestly don't know, though, if he's there. No, we would definitely know. Because it, it, the endorsements, the, they would they would show. Like, he's with Nike. Nike would show, okay, Jeremy Lin's in Asia. Is he a Nike athlete? I think so. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. See, listen, I learned from last week. I don't want to talk about (laughs) Yeah, so last week we talked about a few things that were uh, not correct. Right. But, but, uh, like I was saying before, I was really interested. (laughs) (laughs) We get it. Asia doesn't care about Jeremy Lin. We get it. Clay Thompson has his his brand. Dwayne Wade has his brand, which are uh, China-based shoes with Mm -hmm. uh, Lee. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Lee Ning. Something like that. That's that's pretty close. And then Steph Curry, you know, with Under Armour. So they're all in China real, real tough during the summer promoting their different brands and stuff so I don't really I'm not saying that Jeremy Lin isn't big but I don't think he's as big like people love J.R. Smith mm-hmm. like absolutely love the Hennessy right <laughs> I, I the Hennessy to, I to humbly 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 <laughs> disagree right, but listen though let's talk about humbling though for real quick because I want to dive into this because like I said we have a very special guest on I want to kind of get into a little bit more of his story before we get to that I definitely want to talk a little bit more about humbling. I know that was one of the things that, uh, Miles, you wanted to discuss as far as just kind of going through humbling experiences. Well, um, it's not me. I had a friend. Um, <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they were. <laughs> I have a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend said. My friend. But no, yeah, I have a friend that hit me. I'm not going to say his name, but he's uh, going through a little situation. But I was thinking, like, after we got off the phone, I was like, man, like, life will humble you, like, like real quick. Absolutely. Like, really quick. Like, life can, like, hit you real hard, you know. But my high school coach, when I was in high school, used to always say, like, stay even kill. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get too high, don't get too low. I think I tried to tell you that a couple of times, Yeah, too. and so I've never, like, really <laughs> understood that until, like, recently. Like, don't get too high on yourself, don't get too low on yourself. But um, but he was always the type to flash, you know, flash his money, flash, you know, what he's driving and all this stuff. And he called me yesterday, just sounded real devastated, telling me that uh, his job laid him off. Whoa. And so it's like... You know, not to just you know rain on his, you know, situation put salt in the wound, but that's like how life is. Like, no, listen, I can actually speak like, to that. Yeah, so that's that's, that's right. just how life 
Like life comes at, like seriously, life comes at you fast, like so unexpectedly. And I think we have a mm-hmm. great person, you know, a great guest on this podcast to kind of speak to some of those things. But you know, for me personally, it was definitely I could say personally, I wouldn't say because um, I'm not a flashy person at all. You know, if you look at my my social media, is you know, I could say I had a lot of things. I always it always reminds right. It always reminds me of uh, the speech that uh, Sylvester Stallone did on one of the Rockies, where he was like. As you get older, things get taken away from you. And that's just the way it goes. I mean, you have to just understand that, you know, we spoke before, that there's peaks and valleys. You just have to, to me, the difference is you have to expect the valleys. Like those things, some, a lot of those things are inevitable. They're going to happen. And uh, my, whole, my whole concept or my whole process mentally is, um, you know, I believe life is a, is a marathon. But what I don't believe that, I, I don't think that people understand that this is a marathon with hurdles. And once you actually expect to run a marathon with hurdles you are more prepared to actually face those things as they come to you you know full speed you're already ready to jump right exactly because you already prepped you already know what's coming you may not know where they're coming but you know it's something that's going to come and you know and and that's and that's and i think that's just life that's just life Mm -hmm. in general so um when when they do happen to you that you know and i think i told miles this before i've been through some situations that were that were extremely humbling and it's not necessarily saying that you know i was flash or anything like that but you, you kind of think you have things figured out and then you kind of brings you back down to a point where it's like all right let me try this again let me do this again you know it, it feels like you're from a from a from a point a all over again that's what it feels like and um yeah, i mean it, it to me it's just kind of depends on how you approach it after that yeah so it's see with me i kind of live off a of bible verse that talks about uh you know 23rd songs i'm not gonna say everything about it but the bible i know kelsey knows it but, it, but <laughs> it's like yeah do i walk through the valley of shadow of death i fear no evil right i don't understand what you're saying go ahead I'm, you know i'm not gonna get too deep into mm-hmm. it say, you know the whole the, you know the whole little you know, but uh but yeah life life you know comes at you fast you always got to be ready for the humble experience the peaks the valleys and when you do like don't get too high don't get too low because you never know what's coming next and then there is always going to be rain. There's always going to be sunshine. But through the, through the rain, you still have to remain good. You know what I mean? You have to remain steady. You have to stay ready in all situations. If it's a good situation, stay ready for that. If it's a bad situation, stay ready for that. And so that's why I always uh, I listen to Eric Thomas a lot. And he always talks about um, how you get attractive. And so um, when you get attractive, you know how you go to the gym. You do your push-ups, you do your, all your working out, you run, so you're prepared for the situations. And so, like, I know he was saying, like, one time he was uh, getting ready for a marathon. He was already running three to four miles a day. And so um, and so when he got the information for the marathon, he was running three to four miles a day already. And he got the thing, like, for the workouts, like, I have to run, like, four or five miles a day. So he's already ready. So it's like mm-hmm. a situation like that where you're, like, you have to stay ready for the situation because you never know what's going to happen. You never right. know the the terms of what's going on what's going to happen in the future we can't see anything like you said the marathon with the hurdles right and so mm-hmm. I just feel like right I remember even going through like doing like even doing events so I remember telling Miles specifically I was like listen dude we put together like uh, like one of the first events it was just super easy I was like listen let's expect some problems mm-hmm. some bad stuff is about to happen and then we started getting phone calls about date changes and <laughs> all that type of stuff like to me it's just like expected like mm-hmm. you know and I just kind of learned that through work and just through life in general, like, um, just be ready. Just be ready because you never know. You just never know how it's going to, how that whole situation can approach you or how anything could, how anything could kind of come to you. Um, yeah, no, I just want to piggyback off what Mike right. said. And he talked about, you know, rain and sunshine. Right. You know, if it never rained, you wouldn't appreciate the sunshine. Absolutely. I think sometimes we get on kind of the gravy train and everything's going great. And 
you have to be humble sometimes. It really right. has to bring you back down to your level. And kind of growing up, that's kind of what I've experienced is, you know, we did pretty well as a family coming up, but then the recession hit and all of a sudden we lost our house. I was working overnight. My mom got laid off mm. and that was some, some serious adversity that we faced. But coming up, my dad already, my dad had already prepared us. Hey, hey I don't know what's going to happen, but make sure you take care of your business. So mm-hmm. when the storm comes, you know, we can make it out as a family together. So that brought us, brought us closer as a family awesome. and that adversity made me who I am today. So Kelsey, do you want to add anything to, to, to this topic real quick? Uh, and the only reason okay. I'm asking that is because I just, I'm, you know, I want to just kind of dive into Right. Um, okay, so yeah, I think that it also has to do with how you handle a situation. So when you go through these humbling experiences, it's about how you deal with it. So um, things could be kind of like crappy for a while, but mm-hmm. you can either sit there and like sulk in it and you're kind of giving into that negative energy or you can be like, okay, this sucks, but I have to do something Absolutely. about it. Um, and if you don't make that decision to do something about it, you're just going to be in this like crappy life forever. Right. And it all, has, it all has to do with how you see it and like changing your perspective and being like, okay, I've got to fix this. Right. Right. That's all I have to say. And so that's, and that's how I remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how life is kind of like riding the bike. Mm-hmm. Right? This entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is kind of like riding the bike when you're going up that hill. It's like, man, I want to turn around so bad because this hill is like killing my legs. Right. But when you get down that hill, it's you know it's a breeze (laughs) (laughs) it's a breeze but uh but yeah it's it's i feel like everything you know a lot of this stuff is like riding riding the bike you know your legs get tired you're like i want to turn around so bad i want to stop so bad i do not want to endure this pain Mm -hmm. but you you know you have if you want to get to that next level you want to get to where you want to go you have to experience that pain that pain is very humbling because you know you're on the mountain bike you can be on (laughs) chain that thing to, to to level one Mm-hmm. And still not going nowhere. But you going up that hill, you trying to go somewhere, humble up and push through. You know what I mean? But like Kendrick Lamar says, sit down. <laughs> Be humble. Yeah. I think you brought up Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas also states that, um, or he also said in one of his speeches that, um, or, and I think I said, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, you, regardless of where you are in life, you're going to go through some type of pain, right? It's no matter, it's, a, it's inevitable. You're going to go through some type of pain. I remember Eric Thomas said, you know, when you are going through these painful things, you might as well get something out positive out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, Kelsey, like you just said, the mindset that you have kind of prepares you for those situations. There's no sense of giving up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You might as well just power through that pain and just get what, get the, try to reach that positive outcome at the end. You know what I mean? So, no, I totally, totally agree with all those things. Um, now, I want to dive into this to this guest that we have. I want to dive into the guest that we have here. Um, Will. Please, please, please. First of all, where are you from? Are you from the Dallas area? or No, I'm actually from Mississippi, man. From Mississippi? Grenada, Mississippi. Grenada, Mississippi. I've Grenada. never heard of that part. Yeah, There's a lot will. of parts of Mississippi. My family's from West Point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know over by Starkville. So okay. I did my freshman year at Mississippi State over in the Golden oh, Triangle. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I sure. think there's a lot of parts of Mississippi nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a money Mississippi. There's a gun town Mississippi. There's actually a Philadelphia wow. Mississippi. Yeah, of course. Right. Oh, yeah. So I listen, they, I always that's where the water park is, man. Come on now. So listen, come on. Do people So I'm from Philly, I'm from Philadelphia. And too much wine, too much wine. But Never heard um, of it. Does uh, anybody, <laughs> does anybody from Philadelphia, Mississippi, say that they're from Philly? I always want to know that. Like, do, oh. are you, you know, like, yo, did they be like, yeah, I'm from Philly? No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not that green. But I will say. So us North Mississippians, so I'm only about an hour, or my hometown's about an hour from Memphis. Okay. So us Mississippians from North Mississippi, we say that Memphis is the biggest city in Mississippi because we're so close to it. But other than that, yeah, we, we, we're pretty, we're pretty, we know where we are. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. like, all right, so you're from North Philly, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right, so you're from Mississippi, right? Born so, raised, um, 
I, I want to talk about what what do you do now as far as a career? Sure, man. So I work for the college football playoff, and what we do is we put on the national championship game every year. Mm-hmm. And just today, we announced that we're going to be having the national championship through 2024. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to going to Miami, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, and Houston through 24. So That's going to be crazy. And this year, we're going to Atlanta, January 2018. That's going to be dope. I feel yeah, like they so. had there before. Did they? No, this, this new stadium. Okay. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's where I just moved from two months ago, literally. So now you're about to go back. Wow. Going, right, going right back. So it, it kind of makes me look like a guru coming in. Like when they say, oh, well, we're going to have this. Oh, yeah, you have it over there. I just left there. So, right. So, and I was there when we lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. So, yeah, stop clapping. But I was, I was it was a sad, it was a sad city, but so yeah, go ahead. How did you? I mean, so that position. How did you get to that point? Like, I mean, was that always a goal of yours, or 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 what? Like, man, only by the by the grace of God, man. And I'm not shy about that, or or, or just giving that. First story, of all, I'm sorry. How, how old are you? I just turned 28 yesterday. Oh, okay. happy birthday! Yeah, I appreciate it. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! We don't have any cake, but we got some wine. <laughs> <for you. laughs> got some wine. Yeah, but. Man, honestly, man, if you want the, the true story, I applied for a job there last year, mm-hmm. and I didn't get it. got passed over, and it was humbling. Like, we just talk about being Absolutely. humbled in adversity. Right. And one thing my coach told me when I was coaching in, in grad school, he said, the problem is never the problem. It's how you respond to it. Absolutely. So I just, I just kind of stayed the course, and that year is what I needed. To, I needed that buffer from the mm-hmm. time I got turned down until I accepted the position that was offered this time. Right. I needed that buffer to, one, finish my book, get my small business launched, and it was a time of, of real growth and introspection because you get to this point where you're thinking that you have it all together and mm-hmm. you get a little bravado. I mean, we get we like ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we all have our story. We all have our experiences. So that was a time to me to say, hey, maybe you aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you aren't that great. Mm-hmm. So how can you get better? Right. How can you do one thing Absolutely. 1% better one day at a time? So that's the approach I took. And it came to, came to be that when I interviewed for that job last year and I didn't get it, well, I interviewed with the entire staff. I made a good impression on the number two in charge, the chief operating officer. He started following me on Twitter. And just three or four months ago, he reached out to me in my DMs and said, hey, I want to create a position. I want you to come work for me. This man slid wow. in his DMs. Now, that's how you slide in the DMs. <laughs> right? Take it to a whole that's other level. That's how you do it. I would probably look at it at first. Like, what is this dude about to say to me? <laughs> yeah, he came in there all sideways. Like, you know? <laughs> you know? But, but like you said, we talked about staying ready. You know, if you, if you if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Absolutely. And I was prepared for the for the position, man. And it's 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 a much better position, a much better fit for me. So I'm thankful for the nose. I got a lot of nose before I got this position because I knew I wanted to get back in this realm. But I gave myself maybe five years after I got turned down to find a way to get back to this city and to work with this organization. And God turned it around in a year. But it, it took some action. It took some planning. It took some strategy. And I, I couldn't be happier right now. And also, the, the thing about it is we work year-round for an event that lasts four hours. Right. So that allows some flexibility. Mm-hmm. Hence, I'm sitting here with you all, and I'm actually going to the University of Texas as soon as I leave here to speak to some students tomorrow. Okay. Uh, what I call kind of the three R's. And from Mississippi, we call the three R's reading, writing, arithmetic. Right. And I, I know y'all think I'm stupid. I understand <laughs> no, those I'm words saying. don't start with all start with R. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But the, the three R's I'm going to give do actually start with R. And those are responsiveness, resilience, and relationships. And okay. I think those are all things you can apply to your personal and professional life that will help you reach success and, and stay and stay on the straight and narrow. Awesome, awesome, and, and I'm pretty sure you talk about that a lot more in your book. Rewind, rewind, though, right? So I want to know. I've always believed that things that happened previously kind of geared you for the position that you hold right now, right? So, like, what were there any you know 
things that you've learned through whether it was through childhood or through college experiences i did read that you did an internship as well mm-hmm. and that kind of got you some of the some of the uh some of the um expertise or knowledge you know yeah. so to speak yeah i, I would say man honestly it, it was it was the adversity man i mean I, like i said i grew up in a way and i, I don't like to I guess professed poverty. I don't like to say well, I came from the struggle. Mm-hmm. I didn't. My parents did well. And my dad was really diligent about making a good life for us. So mm-hmm. I had a really good upbringing. And Absolutely. It, would, it would be disrespectful Absolutely. to me to not Absolutely. pay homage to my parents for doing what they did to give me a good upbringing. Right. But when the recession hit, like I mentioned, we lost everything. Mm-hmm. You know, house, cars, all the things that you think are important that you you may treasure. You know, where a man's heart is, where his, where his treasure is, and where it lies, and and. They always they always, they always imparted on me that the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Not money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. People miss that part about the love of money, right? And that's something yeah. that they really just bestowed or in, or really imparted upon me to to be cognizant of. And I will say that that experience was was tough because I got my first job working overnight at Walmart, mm-hmm. driving an hour back and forth. And there were times that I would just I was just down in Mountain Dew to stay awake, and I fell asleep at the Walmart. I was the overnight stocking, grocery stocking. Gotcha. And I fell asleep at the wheel a couple times, you know, driving driving home. Man. So, I mean, and there was one particular night, I'll never forget it. It was about 2 or 3 a.m. There was a young couple that walked in. This was Oxford, Mississippi at mm-hmm. the time where I was. I was attending Ole Miss or transferring to Ole Miss. And they walked in, and I had my cart at the end of the aisle. And I just saying, hey, okay, you know, I'm just doing my job and whatever. Didn't see the customers come up. Well, they couldn't get in the aisleway because it was slightly blocking the car. There was it was impeding their view. Actually, right. I mean their their entrance. So the, the young girl, I guess she was drunk. She takes my cart and just throws it. All my stuff falls all over. Mm. Wow! And I just I, I couldn't have been more hurt. I mean, here I am. I, I thought I was this. I was that. But mm-hmm. you know, my whole livelihood rests on this cart, and here it is, all on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that really just that created something in me, man. I said I'll never let this define me this is just a season for me this mm-hmm. is not going to be a way of life right so that adversity really really taught me a lot of lessons and even beyond that i would say in terms of writing the book so i started writing that book during my internship that you mentioned mm-hmm. and i actually quit writing it what, said, what what sparked the writing of the book though like so what like what what kind of brought about that whole light light, light bulb over your head let me write this book like what what introduced that whole situation to you to help people okay that's that's the, that's a short answer man Great. It's, it's to help people and I would say that I started writing in 2014, mm-hmm. but I really started writing in 2007 mm-hmm. when I was under the tutelage of my high school English teacher. And the first thing she did in class, everybody was scared of her because she was always the one about tuck your, tuck your shirt tail and do this and do that. And there was just this big folklore about how mean she was. I'm mm-hmm. like, here I am, first day of class. Well, she takes this broomstick with a horse head on it, first day of class, hadn't said a word yet. And she gallops around the classroom twice and. I'm looking at her like, man, what have we gotten ourselves into? Is she crazy? Yeah, she is crazy. <laughs> and she stops, looks at everybody in the eye, very carefully. She says, you all probably think I'm one crazy witch, don't you? Write about it. Oh. And, th- and that was kind of like my first foray into writing. And right. at the time, I'm wearing two X Jabot shirts, you know, 30-inch gold chain, oh, George. I mean, you, you name it. I didn't, I didn't look the part at all, but she looked past that. Right. And that's what really kind of planted that seed. And then seven years later, I said, hey, I want to write this book because I got into professional development. I wanted to help people, especially professional development. Yeah. Was there a book that was there a book that you have that probably inspired you or what book would you say that kind of inspired you the most in your development process? Man, there's there's a number of them, man. But How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Great one. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Another Stephen good one. Covey. Absolutely. They Can Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Hill. Great. So those good are those one. are some of my. Hmm? That one you told me about. 
Oh yeah, that's that's another one. Thinking Grow Rich, a Black choice that, mm. that people don't know about. Yeah, I don't know. About Dennis Kimbrough wrote it. Mm. So the Napoleon Hill Foundation entrusted that to Dennis Kimbrough to write a guide specifically for Black Americans. But that book's like ninety nine cent on Amazon. It's one of the best kept secrets in gems. That one out. It is it is outstanding. Right, They Can Grow Rich mm-hmm. by Napoleon Hill is definitely a great book. It's it's, it's a bit of a weird read, especially mm-hmm. because it's such an old book. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely a great one. Um, so now let's talk about a little bit more about your book, though, yeah, right? Sure. So like you said, you wrote it to basically help people. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was that was the impetus behind it, man. But the 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 interesting thing is is that I quit writing it twice. Mm-hmm. I told my English teacher from seven years prior that hey I'm writing this book I want you to help me out with it well I read the first manuscript and it was horrible mm. I tore it up I man I threw it in the trash I said I'm not doing this because I, I care about my brand I didn't want to put anything out that was subpar right and well a couple months later December 15th 2014 I got a text message saying that my English teacher had passed away in a car accident wow and that just shook me man I was I was really down about that and Ultimately, that's what caused me to finish the book and dedicate it to her memory. Mm. So I reached out to my mentor and said, hey, man, I told my, my teacher that I would do this and she would help me with it, but I let her down. I didn't keep my promise. I said, can you help me finish this book? And that's where he came in. So I wrote the book in collaboration with my mentor. You hear a lot about the disconnect between millennials and the seasoned veterans and you know they can't get through to them. Well, me as a millennial and my mentor co-author as a non-millennial, we combine our perspectives to really bring that what we call the blueprint for a successful career into fruition. Awesome. And it's been it's been a great response, man. I think we're nearing about fifty five star reviews on Amazon. So you can't do anything without other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I kinda use the analogy that without support you don't have a platform. Mm-hmm. A platform can't stand and float in its in, 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 in midair. It has to have pillars. It has to have things or b- building blocks holding it up. And those are other people in most cases. So um, it's, just a, it's a quote by Sir Isaac Newton that I use or open my book with. It says, if I've seen further than other men, it is by standing on the shoulders so of giants. giants. You know Absolutely. what time it is. Absolutely. Right, so, Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of that mixed in, man. A lot of adversity, man. But again, like we were talking about earlier, the response to that adversity is what made the difference and why it's sitting here on the table with us now. And credit for Miles for reaching out to me, man, allowing me this opportunity to even talk about it. Great, man. Great, great, great. Um, questions? He talked about um, idolism with money. And um, so me and Mark were talking earlier about how people idolize. Um, I, well, it was more so of a question for me because I, ju- I just wasn't sure. Yeah, so. Sh- shall I pose that question? Yeah, go ahead. So basically, Let's my question was, you know, especially with, with the situations that's going on today, at what point does something become a false idol or, or, or a fake idol? Or do uh, people. Well, like, at what point do you say that? And the reason why, the, the reason why I kind of thought about this is because. Um, the whole flag situation, right? To me, it's like when you take things like that, and I understand the some, you know, the symbolic meaning of the flag and, and things of that nature. But you're taking something uh, of that, and you're putting that above and beyond people, you know. And I believe that man was created in the image of God. And of course, if you're putting something like that above, that in my opinion, it's like, all right, come on, it's getting a little close. You know what I mean? It's cutting it close. You know, so. I was just like, you know, is that what this is? Or could this be considered that? You know, so I was just kind of posing the question. So, you know, that's kind of what. What, 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 what was the question? Is that is that a form of. No, know, I'm saying what were you talking about? What was being idolized? The flag. The United States flag. But, right, but the question flag. is, at what point does something become a false idol? Right. right. And then you were saying something about idolizing money. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's just that's a scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's written in black and white, I think. People, well, what my pastor used to tell us is about is we should not, we shouldn't get so religious or so spiritual that we 
that we get stupid. Absolutely. You know? Right. You know, you should want to be do well. You Absolutely. should want to prosper so you can bless other people. It's what you do with that that money, those resources that, that really makes you and shapes who you are and shapes your legacy. And when it comes to money, I think personally, I think money loses value over time. Mm-hmm. You think about it, you get the house, you get the car, and you get conditioned to it. You get desensitized to it. And you think about people, and I'm coming from Atlanta, so I saw a lot of idolizing, right. a lot of flexing, flogging, any, any type of slang you want to use. And there were people that were sleeping on their couches and leasing Mercedes, sleeping on other people's couches and leasing Mercedes and, right. and, and Porsches. And I just, I couldn't, I could never understand that because you think about it, you go get this brand new car, you know, right? And you post it on IG, you get, you get your likes, you get your comments, like, oh, you clean or whatever. What about when that when that car notes do? Mm-hmm. You know, if people really care so much, they pay that note for you. Right. 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 So it's better it better be something that you want. It's something that you like. I mean, could you lock in your garage for six months and nobody see it and you still be happy? Right. Or is your happiness with it predicated on other people's thoughts and opinions of it? See, I think the I think every so I think so, if social media would be so much different, or people react so much different if everything that you did or done was posted on there. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. if it would just, like, right. mm-hmm. if that bill came through overdue for that car three months, <laughs> and, right, and that was and on it just Instagram. automatically popped up, <laughs> yeah. I think everybody yeah. would react a certain type of yeah. way. Yeah. You know everybody, what I mean? We all share the highlights. We never share the lowlights, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely know? not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought that. Like, yeah, that would be so interesting if you see, if they show, you know, they show that video when that car pulled up. But do they show that video when that thing get repoed? Right. <laughs> Pull it off, right? right. <laughs> it's got that new whip. Got to get repoed. It's got a new whip. Right. Yeah. right. You know, so yeah, that's always been that's always been super interesting to me. But um no, so that kinda that kinda wants to so I wanna get back to your story though, right? So this so you write the book. You wrote the book. The book was released how long ago? It was September twelfth, two thousand sixteen. So just celebrate a little okay. bit over a year. Mm-hmm. A over a year. So when you do, uh, first of all, where, where can everybody go buy the book? Let's see. It's on it's on Amazon. Amazon. It's, it's on Amazon. The name yeah. of the book is one more time. Yeah, the blueprint for a successful career. Absolutely. And, and think about it, man. It's it's really become a launching pad because it's led to these speaking opportunities, and that's an that's a way where you can impact even more people in a, in a in a setting. So. That's what I, I've been really been most excited about, is just having that dual impact. I mean, you can get things in, in theory and writing, but to really, really talk about it and tell people how to actually apply it, that's what really is is, is humbling for me and, and gratifying, to say the least. Awesome. You know what? I think we need to do an event. Uh, and I think, Miles, I think we were kind of discussing this, but we definitely need to do an event um, for, uh, you know, younger people with, uh, with guest speakers. Uh, with guest speakers as part of it. I think we're kind of discussing some of that in the background. but Yes, it's already in the works. Right. So I just want to make sure to kind of speak in that into existence and bring it into life. Cause you don't have to speak to this already. You know. All right. So it's got to go already, Yeah, it's kind of already existing. Just got to go you know, get it. Yeah. All right, cool. Just got to uh, put it out there for the people. But, uh, but well, um, so Saturday, let's, 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 let's bring some more light into this conversation. Saturday was a, was a big time game. Okay. Probably the best game of the season. Thus far, in my opinion, the Penn State Ohio State game. Kelsey, we're about against sports. I'm sorry, I'm so, Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was a great game to start to finish. Saquon, you know, Saquon Barkley started the game off first touch of the game, ran back a what 97 yard kick return, 93 yards, something like that. Yeah. But uh, what do you think about the game? What was your opinion on it? What you what you think about it? Man, it's a, it was one for the ages, man. And you always want to see quality teams and square off and on the biggest stage, and it delivered. Honestly, you honestly you look at it, you think Penn State had it wrapped up in, in the bag, and next thing you know, 
JT Bear catches fire and, and the rest is history. I told Miles, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, Ohio State is going to get rocked this game. I don't think they stand a chance. Yeah. I told Miles that. I was like, listen, uh, Penn State was just so good. I was like, yeah, they don't stand a chance. But my thing is, I, what I was telling Mark all week, I was like, this happens every season. Yeah. So Ohio State started off just like Penn State last year. Right. And so, so last year, Oklahoma lost, or Ohio State blasted Oklahoma. And they came in, and but uh, Penn State did lose early, a couple games early, I think, to, to yeah, Michigan. Yeah, rocked by Michigan, my and favorite they, team. They lost to maybe Iowa. Was it Iowa? It might have been. I want to say and it was so. Iowa. So it happens every year. The hot team always ends up losing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Always. Like, it's inevitable. Except for Alabama. Alabama just loses a national championship game or late. But I think Georgia might be able to get them this year. So, are you allowed to? I know you. Your conversation is somewhat limited. So, listen. Will is going to give us a whole lot of political speak. He's not allowed to say a lot. Right. A lot, right? Exactly. He's not allowed to say a lot. But um, I can. Say, can I, I'm not sure if I can ask you this. If I can't, just say yeah. I can answer that. But were you surprised that Georgia was number one? Honestly, honestly, no. If you look at their body of work, look at their strength of schedule, mm-hmm. and you think about the win they have over Notre Dame, who mm-hmm. that was a big. Notre Dame is number six, I think. Or they, they, they were in top four. Yeah, they okay, they're in top four. four. Okay, they were, they were in top four. Okay, and that's that's a huge quality win. Now, there's two things you look at. You look at strength of schedule and resume. Mm-hmm. Also, look at the eye test. Mm-hmm. Many people argue that by the eye test, that Alabama looks like the better football team. Right. But, Right, but at the, at the time, the Florida State game, it was a, it was a lot more of a quality win. They, right. it, it was termed as the greatest opener of all right. time. So now, as it goes on, right now, Florida State is going off the deep end. Right. So so you look at Georgia's body of work and the way they've been playing, and you think about playing with a freshman quarterback. I mean, that's absolutely amazing for what they've been able to accomplish. But right. the thing about the playoff, it always works itself out. Right. That these teams are going to face off against one another. Right. It was Georgia and Alabama likely headed to the SEC championship game. Likely. Yeah. Likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the SEC East man. Is, <laughs> Right. Yeah, you right. never you never know because because Georgia Georgia does a lot of Georgia stuff. Right, Every, you know year after year it's always it's always an injury. You think about the Todd Gurley days. Listen, they got the young running back from Philly back in Nick Chubb. So I, I listen, Georgia to me looks like a beast. Like Georgia to me looks like a beast. If, they, if, I, if I had to pick a year where Alabama and I could say this and and Will probably can't say anything about it, but. I think even if Alabama loses to uh, Georgia in the SEC, they're going to be in the playoffs. I just think that. It depends. Right. Will said he's not talking about it. I'll talk And he just took another drink of wine. So Penn State can get back in it? Listen, uh, Penn, listen. You got Oklahoma, TCU. I said it. The committee seems like they always favorite. I don't want, Will has nothing to do with this comment I'm about to make. I just want to put that out there. But it seems like the committee likes the Big Ten, uh, you know, a good amount, right? So it's just like – I think if they're two, even if even with with uh, Penn State losing to Ohio State, I they think both can get in there. exactly. Mm-hmm. I think they'll both. But okay, so I have a question for you, Mark. If let's say uh, Georgia wins out, and let's say uh, Penn State wins out, but you still have uh, let's say Notre Dame loses, uh-huh. and Ohio State keeps winning, who goes in? Are you taking See, two this gonna be, this gonna be similar to two Big Ten teams? I think if Notre, you said if Notre Dame loses, yeah, if Notre Dame is gets knocked out. Okay, but and you got Penn State wins out, but uh-huh. they don't go to the AC, uh, Big Ten championship game. But right. Ohio State wins out. I think the see just because the game was so close, the game was so close between those two. I think that. But no, I'm saying, are you taking Georgia and Alabama, or are you taking Penn State? And to me, it depends on the outcome of the Georgia Alabama game. Just because no, that's what I'm saying. Georgia wins. Did they blow them out? 
No. See, that's a difference, though. See, the, the Big Ten Penn State, or the, the Penn State-Ohio State game was so close mm-hmm. that you can make the argument for both of those teams. To me, it depends on the outcome of the Georgia and Alabama game. If that game is a huge blowout, mm-hmm. then you lean to whoever kind of... And see, another big thing is this year that the Big 12 has a championship game. And I, I don't, don't think the Big 12 is even like... Oh, no. Big right. 12 is definitely getting in this year. You think so? Yes. Like, it's... it's oh, see, Will, <laughs> Will just gave Miles a look. Because, <laughs> you know, you got TCU. Right. TCU. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. Will didn't say a damn thing. You think Iowa State can still make that climb? Like, Iowa State, they not... But they lost to Texas. Hey, yeah, see, your your, uh, your resume still matters, though. Mm-hmm. See, I think it... See, at, they always say, you know... Time time exposes all, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think it'll be, a, and I think that's kind of what the committee relies on is that, you know, this thing is pretty much going to figure itself out once all, everything is said and done. I think it's easy to kind of speculate now, but it's hard. To me, it's just like, all right, Iowa State, you're going to have to take those wins and kind of see what they look like at the end, you know, at the, at the very end. Um, but I, don't, I don't think they're attractive enough to to make it. <laughs> Nobody wants to see Iowa State. <laughs> if they go undefeated, I mean, I don't know. No, they're not undefeated. No. All right, so yeah, they, they lost. They lost to Texas. I forgot who else they lost to. I don't know if they have a second loss, but I know they're ranked number thirteen or fifteen now. All right, so after the sports stuff, real quick, right? I want to go back to something that happened over the weekend because it was huge to me. Uh, I'm not sure how you guys felt because this happened in Philadelphia, right? Um, Cardi B. Uh, just engaged uh, to uh, <laughs> to uh, oh, set. right. <laughs> I thought it was huge. You know, you've seen it. It was uh, it was huge excitement around the whole thing. Um, did you guys get a chance to see that or? Uh, I saw the proposal. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that made it on you guys' timeline. Right. Whatever yeah. social you media can't, platform. You can't avoid that. Right. Right. Did um, now if we were to um, put uh, weddings and uh, playoff. Pitcher, right? Gucci Mane, <laughs> right? All right. Oh. So uh, now listen up. Is it so? Are weddings becoming like popping now? Do Do you guys think like this is going to push? Because all right. So the reason why I'm saying this is because right after engagement happened, um, I want to say there was somebody that tweeted out about the wedding. Like, listen, we got y'all. Y'all want to get married on TV? We got. Y'all. I want to. I can't remember who it was exactly, but um, um. I want to say uh, I want to say BT did it actually, and uh, what what was her name? What was the woman name who does all the reality TV uh, for uh, VH1? Mona, Mona right? Uh, Mona Scott. So she basically said, "No, listen, we got it." You know what I mean? Chill, fall back, BT. Right, fall back, BT. I got this. Let me know when y'all ready to get married on TV or whatever. Do you guys think that that's about to become like a thing? Um, what like like, like weddings, weddings on TV? Popping? Like, no, I'm just talking about well, they, general. They, like, I think. Uh, they come out and said networks have already asked, you know, sent different stuff to Cardi B. Right, and, but like, uh, is that the new popping thing though? Well, like, I, think that the, I think that the I think that the Gucci man need the credit for it. <laughs> no, no, they they kind of popped it off again. Like, I mean, maybe again, but the Kardashians have been getting married on TV. Not, not, not publicly, not publicly. See, and that's the no, no, so no, that's, yeah. a, so that's to me that's One a difference. One of the Kardashians though. had like a, I think it was Kim and like she probably, got married a few times. But like on TV, they made like a whole ceremony out of it. It was. But did a they few show the pre ceremony or did they actually show the actual ceremony? I think it was the whole thing. I don't know. I think we gotta look into that a little bit more. I, mean, I don't want to speak on it. Yeah, I'm just saying. I I don't think it was Gucci Mane's idea. No, I don't think it was his idea. But I definitely think somebody was like, "Listen, let's put your whole ceremony on TV." And no, I, they was like, "We got a bag for you." <laughs> that's what I mean. I mean, that's what we I got meant. A bag for you. That's what I meant, though. So it's like I I just think I just feel like that's gonna be like the new popping thing, though. Like, listen, let's get married. Let's put it on TV. 
that's broadcasted. Even if like Gucci Man, like we did say his, his wedding was dry, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like I don't think that's gonna change the the whole Yeah, I think it has to be a couple that people care about, that's all it is. Right. I mean it can't yeah. be like two nobodies. Right. You know? People definitely care about Cardi B though. Right, exactly. Anyway, I thought it was a dope dope event. I just wanted to make sure I put that in there. I know it didn't fit anywhere with what we were talking about. <laughs> but listen, I want to thank Will. Will for coming on. Will, please tell everybody yes, once Will. again the title of your book and where to get it from. Sure, man. It's called The Blueprint for a Successful Career. It's available on Amazon and definitely enjoyed the, the conversation here. And thank you all for having me on. Great. Uh, Miles, can we please just talk about uh, some of the upcoming events that we got? Yes, sir. Our next event is uh, this coming Saturday, Temperature Check Podcast. We are having our launch party here at the Wine Therapist, November 4th. It started at 8 o'clock from 8 to 10 o'clock. So we would love to have you guys out come enjoy some wine, champagne, come meet us. And on November 14th, we're having our um, Connect Dallas Networking event that will be held at St. Rocco's Italian, New York Italian Restaurant over on Trinity Grove. I don't know the exact address, but, you know, we own Eventbrite. Just search Connect Dallas. And we're on Facebook and got the event too. Please RSVP. We got a couple big sponsors for the event too. We're not going to announce those yet, but we would love to have you guys out. Come network, come build your network, come meet people, cross network. Don't try to network up, cross network, build your network. So please come out, have a good time. Thank you guys. Great guys. Take care. We out, we out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>